was free, and not only free, but salutary. The water had a slightly musty or sulfurous flavor to go with its effervescence, but its properties were surprisingly benign. I happened to mention the effectiveness and bracing qualities of the waters of this spring to a small group standing in front of the main building of Yaddo, and invited at large anyone who wished to accompany me in the morning. <laughs> the response was almost universally negative. Drink that water, that stuff? was the tenor of their comments. I'd sooner drink mud water, said one of the poets. But one person did reply in the affirmative, and that was M. She liked the water. It shortly became apparent that she liked it as much as I did. So we were soon driving together in the morning from Yaddo to the spot, traversing the mile or so of highway that led past the racetrack under the morning trees. The racing season was about to begin, and as a kind of added incentive to the ride, we could see the preliminary training of the horses. Whether this was on the track itself or a subsidiary one beside it, I no longer remember. But as we drove past in the early morning, we would see what I suppose was one of the usual sights at racetracks, but to us a novelty. The grooms or trainers bent low over their mounts and urging them on for a longer or shorter gallop. A horse is a beautiful thing a fleet, running horse, and we would stop sometimes on our way and watch one course along the white railing, enormously supple and swift. They seemed at times in flight. Dirt beneath them seemed less spurned by their hooves than drawn away in their magnificent stride. The racing season opened. Neither of us had ever been to a horse race, and we decided it might be a worthwhile experience to attend one, especially since the track itself was so accessible, and as an additional inducement, again, in the view of the traditional impecuniousness of artists, free. The racetrack adjoined Yaddo at one side, and it was just a short walk through the woods of the estate before one came to a turn of the track, or so we had been told. What could be more pleasant to lovers, or quasi-lovers, than a walk through the forest on a summer day? We set out in the afternoon. We more or less sensed the way, though I think as we approached we could hear a murmur through the woods, and so oriented ourselves. We arrived at a fairly steep embankment, which we climbed, and came to a halt before the iron palings of a fence. The track lay before us, at a peculiar angle, one might say, to the normal. We were not in the grandstand, or near it, we were far away from it. In fact, the grandstand, with its throng, was mostly a blur of color, and the horses being paraded in front of it were tiny and remote figures. Perhaps memory diminishes the scene. We seemed to be, as we virtually were, in some coin or niche, where we could watch the excitement in a remote and almost secret way. I can't recall what we said there. I know we were both enchanted by the spectacle, miniature though it was, as if it were a racetrack in an Easter egg. There was an undercurrent of sound that reached us from the grandstand, the band playing, mingled voices, a certain far-off animation and stir that even at this distance communicated itself. The horses cavorted, shied, sidled restively as they were brought to the post. The crowd hushed immediately, and the bugle sounded insistent and clear, and suddenly the race began. The pack headed in a direction away from us toward the opposite curve of the track, and, if anything, they were tinier than before toy horses, 
toy riders far off and almost leisurely with distance. Then they rounded the far curve and came toward us, and now they appeared to gain in impetus and in size. They were no longer toy horses and toy riders. They were very real and growing in reality every second. One could see the utter seriousness of the thing, the supreme effort, the rivalry as horse and man strained every muscle to forge to the front. Oh, it was no toy spectacle. They were in fierce and bitter competition, vying, horses and man, vying for the lead. And the glowing eyeballs and the shrunken jockeys, the quiet, the enormous suppleness, and the cry... They struck the left-hand turn of the track and rounded at each horse, and the whole band centered as one in their striving to stay close to the inner railing. And then my attention was drawn to something strange. I don't know why. Perhaps what was about to happen...